Hello, this is Brent Martin from the podcast of Chesbro Baptist Church. We had a great Sunday in the house of God. We had an ordination service for our uh, deacon candidates, Brother James Seeley and Michael Ellison, that were ordained as deacons at our church. Preaching their ordination service was Brother Larry Blades. And the title of his message is The Purpose of a Deacon. Please enjoy. Thank you, Brother Brett. It is so good to be here this morning and such a privilege to be invited to be a part of this ordination service. Now, just so that you'll know what an ordination service is about, it's a charge to the men who have been chosen and set apart for the service of deacons, but it's also a charge for the church. So we're going to look at that in light of, of a passage of Scripture this morning. But we must remember that God established the church by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? And everything that is done is to be is to lift up, promote, and carry forth His name. So in an ordination service, and everything the church does is always to promote Jesus Christ because that's what it's all about. So this morning, we're going to be doing that during this ordination service. This morning, if you're physically able, I'm going to ask if you, if you can stand out of the reverence of reading God's Word. Acts chapter 6 this morning. Acts chapter 6. I'm a little, I'm a little off this morning. Just bear with me. We'll get going. Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in a daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, with whom we may appoint over this business." But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Pacorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, and proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning just thanking you. Lord, for this time in your house and, Lord, time to, in your service. And, Lord, we just ask today that your Holy Spirit just take control of this time right now. And, Lord, that he do what only he can do. And, Lord, to give us understanding and application of your word. Lord, to, to bring us to a point of obedience to you. And, Lord... We just thank you that you can do that in a service today. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know your son, Jesus, Lord, we know today that your spirit can work in their lives, bringing them to that understanding of their need of salvation. And Lord, faith in your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of being in your house. And Lord, a house of prayers we heard this morning. But now a time for your word. And Lord, I pray that, that there would be power in the preaching this morning not because of, of who I am, but because of who you are. And Lord, that you would receive the glory in all things. Lord, as we go through this ordination service, Lord, to, to understand that you're still calling out men unto service in your kingdom. And Lord, just thank you for the churches around this country that, that are serving you by preaching your word and teaching your word and reaching out to those that are lost and discipling those that are saved. And Lord, as we heard this morning, the, the time of, of remembering our our veterans, Lord, I, I thank you for them and the freedom that they have, they have brought about because of their service to this country. So, Lord, we just thank you today as we give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You may be seated. Now, when you look at this passage of Scripture, some, some say that, that it doesn't really apply to, to deacons and deaconship, but when you look at it as a perfect outline of what, what deaconship is all about and how it, how it facilitates the church and, and helps things move forward. So let's just kind of look at this, and we're going to see four things this morning I think are very important for the deacons that are being ordained this morning, deacons that are serving in this church, for Brother Brett as the pastor of this church, and for you as the congregation as it all works together. Because God is not a God of confusion, and when He called out the church, He called it out as a living organism. Within that living organism, there must be a, a, a standard that is set. There must be some... some uh, we must, we must operate within a, the ability to serve God in a way that is, that is organized. So, as he says here, Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Now, there was a legitimate co- uh, purpose here going on. The, the Hellenist Jews were those from the dispersal. They'd gone out. They kind of mixed with the Greeks, and they had carried some of their philosophy. So they were kind of outcast and, o- and overlooked in this, this situation. But they were still important. And they were not receiving the, the daily distribution of the food to the widows in the way that the, the other Jews were. You have to understand, the church at this time, the called out once, the ecclesia, had probably grown to about 20,000. So you, you're looking at about 20,000 believers. There would have been a lot of widows in that group. It would have been tough for these 12 to meet the needs, to, to, to take the money, buy the food, and go distribute that food to those who were in need, uh, the widows, and, and, and meet the needs of every one of those. It was calling them away from their calling of, of preaching, studying, preaching, and praying. So there was a legitimate reason there that this was taking place. Now, when you look at verse 2, you see the main purpose. He says, Then the twelve some of the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So then the first thing is there was a legitimate reason. He says that we should not leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, they wasn't saying we're, not, we're, we're beyond uh, being servants of the Lord. What they were saying was that because of the big need that is there, because of the multitude of people that were believers now, that for us to, to do the word tables meant not only serving food, but it also meant dealing with the money. He said for us to take the money that was given to be able to go out and buy the food that was necessary and then go from there and go out to these widows and distribute this food out. He said, he said we don't have time to study the Word of God, to spend time in prayer, and then to preach the way God has called us. He says so something has to, to be uh, done with this. There has to be a, a, a medium met here. So he says that it's not proper for us to do this. Now I want you to understand God has set it up in the church in this way. That God has called out leaders of the church. He calls a pastor into a church, and he calls that pastor to lead the church. And we'll see that in a little bit. But in that leadership of the pastor, that doesn't mean, Brother Brett, that you have to do everything. That doesn't mean that you have to take care of every situation, that you have to, to meet every need, that you have to go to every visit. That, that's not biblical. Now, I'm just, this kind of goes against the way that churches think today. But when you look at what's going on here, God has laid it out. He says, I call a man to lead my church. And as I call that man to lead my church, his two main obligations is prayer and studying of the word. That he may deliver that word to the church so the church may grow spiritually. As the church grows spiritually, God raises up leaders to come alongside him and help lead that church to reach this world, this lost world for Jesus Christ. We have to understand that is the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to reach the lost world for Jesus Christ. 
It is not a place where we come and sit on the pews in the summertime have AC and in the wintertime have heat and where we're comfortable, we sing some songs, we listen to some preaching, we go home and we said we had church. That is not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is for every one of us to do our part to reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. If you don't get anything else this morning, understand the purpose of the church. And then God has laid it out there. Here's the pastor. Here are those that are helping him in ministering and, and reaching and meeting the needs of the others. Here's the congregation doing their part. So he says it is not good for us not to do what God has called us to do. So there is that reason. The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now I'm going to show you. Paul is in this group. Paul, Paul is talking here. And if you look over to what Paul says and, and what he thinks about preachers, turn over to First Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy just for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. As Paul is giving a charge to Timothy, a young preacher that God has raised up, brought him into the church. And here's what Paul tells him. First, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure the afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now you notice as Paul is giving Timothy this charge of what he's supposed to do, Brother Brett, he's not telling Timothy, okay, Timothy, you're going to go in and you're going to be a pastor of the church and you're going to have to go and do all the visitation and you're going to have to meet all the needs of the people and you're going to have to do all the administration of the church, he says, no. He says, your position is to preach the Word. Your position is to teach the people what the Word of God says. Your position is to grow them spiritually. He says, I'm going to bring along beside you those who will help you in all these other areas of administration. But first and foremost, the job of the preacher is to teach and preach the Word and pray for the church. He lays it out there. Paul didn't say anything else to Timothy there. He says, you do what you're called to do. He says, and then I'm going to take care of the rest of it. Now, I, that doesn't mean that Brother Brad or any other preacher doesn't do visitations. That doesn't mean that they're not involved in administration. Now, you can ask my wife or anybody at my church. I, I, I fail in administration. God didn't call me as an administrator of a church. God called me as a preacher or a proclaimer of the Word of God. And I realize that, so I understand there are some, some weak areas in, in, in my, my working in the church, but that's not what God's called me to do, and that's not what God's called preachers to do. He's called them to study and to pray and to preach. You need to be praying for your preacher, that God will keep him on track, that he will study, that he will pray, and he will preach. As God has called out these men to be deacons within the church, that they will come along beside him and help him so that he can study and pray and preach. Amen? Yeah. That's the purpose that God has called a preacher to a church. Let's go back and look at a little bit more here now. So that's the reason for the, for the studying of the word, the praying over the congregation and the preaching. And then he says this in verse 3. He says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom you may appoint over the, this business. Now, so the second thing is we have that, the requirement. 
requirement of these men that, got, that they are to call out into this position. They're, they're, not, they're not just called out any individuals. He says there are requirements here for this position. So he says, he says, first of all, of these seven men, they will be of good reputation. They're being a good standing within the community. You, you can't call someone to be in a leadership position within the church who is not in a good standing in the community with the people of the community. Because if you do that, it's going to be detrimental to the church. He says, first of all, they have to have that good reputation. He says, full of the Holy Spirit. They need to be individuals who are led by the Spirit of God, sensitive to the Spirit of God, ready to move forward as the Spirit of God moves them. They are, they are, to, they are to rely upon the Spirit of God to lead them and guide them as they lead and guide in the church. So he says, not only that, he says, whom, he says they are to be men of wisdom. Now, when he talks about wisdom here, he's not talking about earthly wisdom. He's not talking about watching the news and knowing what's going on in the world. He's talking about men of God who read the Word of God and have the Holy Spirit help them to apply that in their life and other people's lives. So they are to be men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and studied of the Word. Amen? That's what God has set forth as a standard, a requirement for individuals who will lead in the church. So he calls out a pastor, a pastor to, to pray and to study and to preach. And then he calls out these individuals to come alongside him, to undergird him and to help him in the administration of the church. He says, but not just any individual. Not an individual who is popular in the community just because they have a business or, or they're wealthy or whatever it may be. He says, but an individual who stands out spiritually. That's who the individual is to look like. So he says, therefore, seek from among you seven men good of, reputa good of a good reputation, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business, whom you may use to, to carry forth the administration of the church. He says in verse 4, he says, and we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So he says, if you do that, you call these individuals out, Men of God, men of the Word of God, men led by the Spirit of God, men of good reputation, men who have the wisdom of the Word of God that can apply it not only in their lives, but help others apply it in their lives. He says, then it's going to make a difference within the church. He says, then the pastor, those that are leading in the church in that position, can, can rest assured that everything's going to start to move forward. Everything's going to start to operate as God intended. God didn't just set a church in place and say, okay, now y'all try to figure it out and do the best you can. Thank God He's given us His Word, His instruction book. Thank God He has given us a standard. He has given us a, 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 an outline to follow. And as He gives us preachers in our churches, He also brings along those to help Him. He says, and then as they start to function as God intended, He says, you'll start to see the preacher being more powerful in his preaching. You'll start to see the church being more powerful in its witness. Amen. Amen. So He lays it out there for us. He says, and that's the requirement of them. And then He says... But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and a ministry of the word. So I, I can rest assured and brother Brett can rest assured now that that as they're helping him with these duties and they're helping him with the administration of the church, he, he can give more time, have that more time dedicated to prayer and the studying of the word and preparation for the preaching of the word of God. If you look back just to Acts chapter two for a second, it's very interesting. Acts chapter 2, picking up in verse 40. Peter just preached and multitudes were saved. And it says in verse 40 of chapter 2 in the book of Acts, And with many other words they testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. 
Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And then it says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That, that was the makeup of the church. That's what the church looked like. Here's a new church being birthed by the Spirit of God. Here, here's a multitude of people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And it wasn't chaos. It was already order. God had brought forth this living organism called His church, and in that He put forth order. And that order, it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They're teaching and they're preaching. They listened to it and they followed it. And it was powerful. He says, and they followed, and, and they fellowshiped in the breaking of bread and in prayer. There was teaching, and there was fellowship, and there was prayer in the very beginning. And God hadn't intended for it to change. In our churches today, in our, in our modern churches today, we've gotten so far off. First of all, within our churches, we have, we have those who, uh, of the congregation who think they're in charge of the church. First of all, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Amen. He calls the shot. He sets in order what He wants. You know, we think that in our church... I'm just going to be honest with us today. Uh, we think in our churches today that, that we, we look at resumes and we, we try to figure out who we need for a pastor and we, we take those resumes and we look over them and we mark this one out and this is a prospect and then we go listen to a sermon and we listen to a preacher preach one sermon and then we say, okay, that's who we're going to call and we have a vote and we vote in or, or we turn down a preacher based on how we feel when we forget that God's in control. It's not about us, it's all about Him, and we need to remember that. And as God has called Brother Brett to this church through whatever process, He is here. Amen? And as God has called out these men to serve beside Him as deacons, that is God's calling. And we need to support that. And we need to honor that. And we need to pray about that. And we need to fall in line with that. And I believe when we start to fall in line with a biblical view of what God has laid out for His church, we start to see the church become the church once again. Amen. And it doesn't matter what size the church is. You, you may look and say, well, this is kind of a small church. I'll tell you, I've been in churches where I preached to three people before, and one of them was my wife in the congregation. It doesn't matter about the size. What matters is if the church lines up with the Word of God. That's all that matters. It can make a big impact in a lost world. Turn back, if you will, to that passage in the book of Acts. So we see, first of all, the reason. So that those that are in the leadership position, namely the preacher, can give himself over to prayer and the studying of the Word and the preaching. And then we see that there is that, that, that requirement of those that are called out to serve, that they be a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, that the church may prosper for them being in leadership position, but then we also see there's a real consensus. Now, I struggled with an all word, so I had to make two there, okay? So the reason, requirement, but also a real consensus. Here it is. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. The saying, that they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I, I believe that under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, as God were speaking to the twelve apostles, as they come to that consensus, this is what God has led us to do, to call out these men to help serve alongside of us so that we won't have to go away from the Word of God in prayer, but we be given to the Word of God in prayer so that we'll be men of God preaching the Word of God to the people of God for the glory of God, that then the people looked at that and said, okay, we agree. You know what it doesn't say? Now, again, I'm just going to pick on our, our Baptist churches because we've kind of gotten in a point where our Baptist churches where everything has to be by a vote, right? No. It shouldn't be. Right. 
I mean, when you look at the Word of God, the first thing pops in my mind when we were fixing to go into the prom- they were fixing to go into the promised land, they took a vote. And those that had the greatest number of no's lost. We can't go. Those that followed the ten said no, and those that rejected the two said that said go, and it was a bad deal with that vote. Amen. We need to quit voting, and we need to start coming to consensus. Here's how it works. You're a born-again believer? Amen. Now, maybe we need to stop and share the gospel because that was weak. Are y'all born-again believers? Amen. Then you have the Holy Spirit living within you, right? right? Same Spirit within me is the same Spirit that is within you, the same Spirit that is in with Brother Brett. Same Spirit that leads me, leads him, leads you. Amen? Amen. So when we come to God on making decisions, we don't have to say, okay, we're going to have a popular vote. Yays get it, nays don't. Why don't we come together and say, okay, God, we're going to pray about this. And God, we're going to open our heart to you. And God, you're going to lead us and guide us that we will come to a consensus. And as we come to a consensus, Lord, we're going to understand that it's your decision, not mine. That way I won't have hurt feelings when it's over with. And God, you'll be glorified in every bit of it. So there was a consensus. There was a real consensus here. They didn't say, okay, we're going to have a, a vote on, look, I, I was working with a guy one time in a church, and he said we decided it was, it was time again to elect new deacons, and we decided to, to, to pass out the papers and get the names in, and we realized that 90% of the men had served as deacons in our church at some point or another. He said, and the majority of them not even coming to church right now. So you can vote a person in as being a deacon. That doesn't make a man a deacon. When God makes a, calls a man out for, it, for the deaconship, then God makes that man a deacon, just like he calls a pastor to be a preacher. He fashions that man to be that preacher. He'll fashion that man to be that deacon, that servant of the church. It's not based upon a vote. It's based upon consensus with the Spirit of God and the one is who, in, who is in control. Amen? Amen? So there's a real consensus. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So now you see they, that there was a consensus there. They all agreed. They brought these men in on the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God led them to them. They, they brought them in, and then they had an ordination service, and they laid hands on them. Now, with the laying on of hands during an ordination service, it's not a, a transfer of spiritual power to an individual, but there is something spiritual about it because it's found in the Word of God. Amen? But it's an outward show of approval as God has called these out. It's a part of that real consensus once again. And again, it's not about a vote. It's about God's desire for His church and what He wants. And it says, And they prayed and laid hands on them. But I want to give you a fourth thing. The fourth thing is a result. So when we go back and we do it right, when you have the man of God that God has brought forth to lead the church as a pastor who is praying and reading and studying the Word and preaching the Word of God to the people of God for the glory of God, then you're going to see things start to happen. As you see that, that those that are brought in beside him to serve with him in administration of the church, and they're doing so because they're God-chosen, not man-chosen, then you're going to start to see things happen. And then you see that consensus of the church agreeing with what God is doing within His church. The church starts to become a, a place a, a, that is lively and alive. You know, I go in churches today and, and they can be so dead. And I'm going to tell you what the problem is. It's not our God. Our God is alive and lively. Amen? Amen. 
We, we, serve a, we serve the one true living God. But what has happened is we've gotten so far out of the will of God and so much into the will of man that we have, we have pretty much voted the Holy Spirit out of the church and the church has become dead. And you say, well, we're talking about ordination service. Yeah, we are. But we're talking about the will of God for His church. Amen? So then we see the result, the fourth thing. The result. The result's very simple. Then the Word of God spread. Word of God spread. That's, it's that simple, church. When, when we fall in line with the Word of God, when we fall in line with God's design for His church, when we, when we say, okay, God, I, I don't want to be the critic. God, I, I, I don't want to be the one who, who has the hurt feelings that goes, goes away. God, I, I just want to be in line with what you want for your church right here at Chesbro Baptist Church. And God, I just want to follow your will. And God, I, I just want to serve you as you call me or whatever capacity. God, I want to serve you with the gift that you've gifted me. And, and God, I want to support every other person that is serving in that church. Then you're going to find a church that is alive and, and lively. You're going to find a church that when people walk through the door, they're going to say, man, brother, brother, they're going to say, something's different about this church. You know, you walk in some churches and you notice immediately in a spiritual realm, there is something different about that church. And you can tell it on the positive side. You can tell it on the negative side. And I'm telling you, it all goes back to lining up with the will of God, lining up with the Word of God, and falling in line with the Spirit of God as He leads us and guides us within His church. So it says, then the Word of God spread. Just that simple aspect. The preachers were studying and preaching. The deacons were deking. Amen? The church was in agreement of what was going on, and here goes the Word of God. It's that simple. It is so simple. It says, Then the Word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I always read that and think, man, that is so interesting. Uh, some of the, some of the uh, priests of that area... Who, who were the go-betweens between man and God were missing it. And all of a sudden, the Word of God started to spread because the church of God was lining up and these priests were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? We don't know what can happen in a community when the church lines up with the Word of God. We don't know what can happen in a community when, when the people of God say, okay, we're going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and we're not going to worry about everything else. What God's called me to do, that's what I want to do. And also, I'm going to support what God's called these others to do. And we just want to see what God can do in this community. Amen. Amen? That's the church. That's a picture of the church right there in Acts chapter 6. But I want to leave us with this. Because it doesn't just involve the preacher, Brother Brett. And it, it doesn't just involve the deacons of a church. But let me tell you, it involves every one of us. Every person that is a born-again believer, it involves every one of us. I, I don't want to just give a charge to the preacher and a charge to the deacons. I, I want to give a charge to the church this morning. I want you to know how important it is that you understand and follow the Word of God. Turn over just for a moment Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 11. Again, God has just laid it out that there is an outline for the church. He says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, He says, And He Himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Again, look at that. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. He doesn't say to do all the visits and, and, and to take care of all the administration. Brother Brett's job in this church is to read and study the Word of God and to pray over the Word of God and to pray over the congregation and then to bring the Word of God to you so that you're ready to do what God's called you to do. He'll be doing what God's called him to do, amen? 
Now you need to be doing what God's called you to do, to equip you for the work of ministry. He says, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Now listen to that just for a moment. Let this verse seek in. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You're born again believer? You got a purpose in the church. If you're a born again believer, according to the word of God, you've been gifted with at least one spiritual gift. At least one. And that spiritual gift is not something that you can just sit on and brag about, but it's something that you're to use in the church to give God glory for. That's your purpose. Every person has a purpose within the church that is a born-again believer. Every person has something to do for kingdom work, by which every part does its share. And every time I read that, I have to stop and think, have you done your share? Have you done your share? Are you doing your share? Are you fulfilling God's call upon your life? He didn't just call you to be a believer. He didn't just call you to faith in Jesus Christ so that you can inherit the glories of heaven. Because if that's all he, it was about, then the moment you got saved, guess what? Bam, we'd be out of here. We'd be in the glories of heaven. If that's all there was to it, then we wouldn't. The moment we got saved, our feet would leave this ground. We'd go to the glories of heaven. But God has left us here to do our part, to do our share of farthering the kingdom of God, supporting the pastor, supporting those in administration within the church, and then doing our part of whatever it is that God has gifted us to, to do within the church. Every person has to do his part. How, how aggravated do you get if you work and you work around other workers? How aggravated do you get when other workers aren't doing their part? You ever get aggravated when other workers aren't doing their work? Raise your hand there. then why would it be any different? It should be even more so within the church because we got something more important to do here than we will ever have in any secular job. But yet we have so many not doing their share. We're all called to do our share. And look, this is how it works. When we're doing our share, we're serving the Lord, we find the fulfillment of thy salvation. And then in doing so, God starts to call us to other areas of ministry maybe. Uh, when God calls out an individual to, be, to serve in the capacity of a deacon, it's because they're already serving in the capacity of a deacon. Amen? You don't say, well, okay, I'm going to pick on Marcus. I, I know, I've known Marcus. I'm going to pick on Marcus. You knew I had to pick on somebody. He doesn't, we don't go and say, okay, Marcus, we're going to bring you over here, and we're going we're gonna to pronounce you a deacon, and we're going to lay our hands on you, and sometimes he needed, no, I'm picking on Marcus. More than once. More than once, huh? And lay our hands on Marcus. Okay, Marcus, now you're a deacon. That's not the way it works. God already called them out because of their service. When we're doing our share, when we're serving the Lord in the capacity He's gifted us to serve Him, then God just keeps moving us forward in ministry. You never know, you never know where you're going to wind up when you're serving the Lord. Right. And when people say, well, being Christian is just kind of boring, and really all we do is get up and go to church and listen to some preaching, then you're missing the whole point. Right. You're missing the whole point of why God called you out. And yes, it's going to be boring because you're out of the will of God. When you're in the will of God and when you're obedient to the word of God, then you're going to be doing something. You're going to be doing your share. So he says there, 
And then this, this is the very important part of it. He says, by which every part does its share causes growth for the body. Growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. He said, why, is our church, why isn't our church growing? What's the first thing we'll do? We'll blame the preacher. He's not doing enough visits. Well, then we want to blame the deacons. Well, they're not visiting with him enough, right? No, I'm being honest. Is that what we do? Well, we, we might need to start examining the preacher because he might not be doing... Well, if he's studying and praying and preaching, he's doing what he's called to do. If the deacons are undergirding him and giving him time to study and pray and preach, then they're doing basically first and foremost what they're supposed to be doing. So when the church is not growing, if you can't blame the, blame the preacher because he's studying, praying, and preaching, and you can't blame the deacons because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and you know you're not going to blame God, right? Then whose fault is it the church is not growing? Where does that fall? Amen? Oh, me. I mean, let's just look at the Word of God. It says, When every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It's that simple. So the charge to the church is support your preacher so that he can do what God's called him to do. The charge to the church is support your deacons so that they may help him so that, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. He can do what he can do. But also the charge to the church is so you'll be doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I promise you, when we get it right according to the Word of God, not what we think by tradition or not what we think by Baptist denomination, but by what the Word of God says written right here in Scripture, our churches are going to be different. Things are going to start to change. Things are going to start to happen. People are going to start getting excited. And I, I'm going to tell you, I've been a part of a church growth where church was small, probably maybe about this size, and then within a couple of years, we thought we were going to have to go to two services. But it, it was, no credit to me. I was just doing what God called me to do, and no credit to the deacons. They were just doing what God had called them to do. But let me tell you what the credit was for. People were excited. They got excited about the Word of God, and they got excited about what God was doing. They started telling their neighbors, and they started telling their friends, and they started telling their coworkers. And people were coming in, not getting saved. They were coming in because they were getting saved out there and coming in because the church was doing its share. And that's the way it works, people. I can't make it any plainer than that. I can't give it to you any other way other than what the Word of God says. And if you're not happy with the way your church is, then... Don't look at your preacher first and don't look at your deacons first. Look at yourself first and work from there up. We always want to work from up down and we never get to the down part, do we? No. Look at the Word of God and say, okay, this is what the Word of God says. How do I line up with that? Maybe during this invitation time, you're examining yourself in light of the Word of God and you say, God, what part do I have and what do I need to do? And let me tell you, it's very simple. As the Word of God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect, acceptable will of God. Do that and say, okay, God, here I am. Use me. What do you want me to do? Go forth and do it and watch what God can bring forth from that. Amen? Amen. It's so simple, but yet so often we miss it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for time in your house and time in your word and for the truth that you present to us. And Lord, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but Lord, we know it's so necessary. If not, you wouldn't give it to us, Lord. And Lord, I pray today for those that are within the hearing of my voice that 
Lord, your Holy Spirit would work in their lives as you've worked in my life, Lord. And Lord, you would help us to line up with your will for our life and our purpose in the church. And Lord, that we would be busy doing our share. Lord, that we would support those that, that you have called out to certain ministries such as deacons and pastors. And Lord, to know that, that there is so much more to church than just sitting on a pew and listening to a sermon. And Lord, we do thank you for that. Lord, today for the men that are being ordained as deacons, Lord, just for that call upon their life to know, Lord, that, that you have brought them forth and, Lord, that you have grown them in such a way now, Lord, that they're willing and ready to serve in that capacity. And, Lord, we just thank you that you keep calling out individuals to your service. And, Lord, we just praise you for who you are and for what you do. And, Lord, I thank you for this church and the leadership here with Brother Brett, Lord. And Lord, again, I pray your blessing upon this time and this service and, Lord, this church. And, Lord, I pray that you would just be active in this community through this church. Lord, we'll just give you the praise and glory for all that you do. Lord, for you and you alone are worthy. And we do so in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hello, welcome to the podcast at Chesterfield Baptist Church. Uh, we had an ordination service in our church on Sunday. Brother James Steely and Brother Michael Ellison were ordained as deacons. And to preach the ordination service, we had Brother Larry Blades come and preach for us. We were so thankful to have him. And the title of his message is The Purpose of a Deacon. Please enjoy. Please enjoy. 